0: Never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. He doesn't believe he exists, the ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm
1: oh, Batman. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening, along with me as always is my brother Peter.
0: Holy rusted metal,
1: Batman. <laughs> All right. So th- a couple weeks ago, we did kind of a deep dive on Peter's love of Superman and things that made him like the character and like some of his favorite uh, moment, his five favorite moments, uh, Superman moments. Um but we it was one when we had to take our week a week off. so we kind of gave you guys that as a bonus episode. Well, here we are in another situation where we needed to take a week off, but we want our listeners to have something for their drive home from work. So here is a uh, extra episode. Uh, so we're gonna flip the coin and it's gonna be put on me. and we're gonna talk about my love for Batman since Peter and I love the two opposite pillars that make one pillar in the and wor- the what is known as the world's finest in the DC universe. So Peter's going to drill me some questions about Batman, and we're going to talk my favorite Batman moments. Um, the list that we were planning on doing tonight, the fictional worlds we'd like to live in, and what job we would have if we lived there, we're pushing those to next week, um, so that list is still coming. This is just a little bonus thing for everybody. So, um, yeah, enjoy. So, Peter, um, I guess I have to turn this over to you so you can start <laughs> drilling me with questions. So yeah. Right on.
0: Um, well, I guess I'll kind of start at the same place you started for my Superman one. Uh, which is, do you remember kind of your first experience with Batman or, you know, maybe the first movie or show or comic you watched or anything like that?
1: I honestly wish I could tell you what my first Batman (laughs) comic was. I really do. Um, It it kind of bugs me because the first comic book I ever remember, like, actually paying attention to and reading was a Spider-Man book. I just wish I remembered which Batman one it was. Yeah. Um, the thing about Batman, my first intro to Batman is I'm at the age where my first intro was the Adam West 1960s, uh, Batman 66, if you will, um, iteration of Batman, the bright night, if you will, as Adam West refers to himself. Um, and it just, as for some reason as a kid, it just got me and it took me like, it, it became like a thing and I became like this lifelong fan almost instantaneously. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's such, like, a fun, vibrant show. Like, if you're, like, under a certain age, it's hard to imagine not getting into it. And I feel like... Like, I loved watching the 66 Batman when I was a kid, and I feel like, since it's older, there's so much... uh, Like, you can kind of see the seams. Like, you can see that the special effects aren't the greatest, and some of it's corny, but it's just so action-packed and enjoyable. Um, I kind of wonder if there's, like similar shows that kids are into now maybe that's like power rangers fills that void or something but i think that's like a huge batman starting point for a lot of people that's a Um, that's
1: a big batman starting point for most people i think um at least at least from my generation um just because i mean well i wasn't old enough to watch it when it was on regular syndication i had to watch it on the reruns and everything so absolutely
0: absolutely like anybody like pro Batman the Animate or pre Batman the Animated series, like I feel like that was like a huge starting point. Um kind of going along with that, do you know what drew you to Batman specifically? Like I know he's your favorite superhero, but do you know like what it was that really made you get into the character?
1: Because my first iteration was uh because my first iteration was Batman sixty six Um, And it was just, and you know, it goes all the way back to me, like how many times I can't even, honestly, I can't even tell you how many times that I was Batman for Halloween. Um, But there was the resurgence of Batman in 1989 with the Michael Keaton Batman when that came out. And that movie was like everything. (laughs) <laughs> not just not just to me, but that movie was, like, everything to the world. I mean, we talked a long time ago about how there was a bat symbol on a billboard in Times Square for, like, almost two years. Um, um, yeah,
0: I, I kind of wish I could go back to that time because I know it was, like, I hear people talking about when Batmania was going on in 1989 and how every other guy you would see or every other kid would have a bat symbol shaved into the back of his head and stuff like that. I know. and, and just it sounds amazing. It, you know? it's, it's weird,
1: and it's funny because you go back and look at pictures of, like, a nine-year-old Drew, and I'm I'm wearing a Batman T-shirt, but if you look at pictures all the way up the line to today, I'm still wearing the Batman T-shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I, d- I dress like an infant, I know. Um, I have I think I have a Batman T-shirt for every day of the week if I really wanted to.
0: Nice.
1: So, um, but no, like, it's it's interesting because, you know, everything from the gadgets to the car to the costume, um, the, uh, and, and the Batmobile itself is just, each iteration is cool in its own right. Uh, the only thing, the only one that I'm not a big fan of is the George Clooney Batmobile, but I think that was to <laughs> s- sell a toy more than anything. Uh, right. Yeah.
0: Nice. So it's just kind of like, almost just everything about Batman's presence kind of brought you into him or, like, kept you as a fan over the years. <laughs>
1: yeah, and there was something about the image, too. Like, when I say the image, like, on an artistic standpoint, because, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to dive into the animated series in a minute here, but, like, if you look at, um, so, for example, in the animated series, you saw this a lot, because the animated series, um, the Kevin Conroy one, it released in 92, um, it ran for four years, and then Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman, has been voicing Batman ever since. But he, uh, that specific series would have, they would do this thing where Batman would be in the shadows, and you would see just this silhouette. Or right. he would, like, leap off a building, and for the for a moment, you would see just the silhouette of Batman. with the You'd see just the silhouette of the ears with the cape fanned out and like the two white eyes and then he'd land and then you know the silhouette would be gone but it was like images like that on an artistic standpoint that i'm like that is so cool
0: right absolutely you know i think um that sort of image with like it's a dark shadow and you can just see like batman's silhouette and maybe like his glowing white eyes sort of thing um that's something I've seen so many different superheroes do. Like Daredevil, you see Daredevil images of it. You see spawn images of it, Ninja Turtles, like you name it. I feel like every superhero has done that, but that's something that's like specifically Batman. Like I feel like Batman was the first and you even go back to like the original Bob Kane, Batman comics, like that imagery is still there with that sort of just dark silhouette in the shadows lurking there. And it's kind of really cool. I know like, some of that stuff might come from, uh, like, you know, uh, shadow, like pulp novel cover covers and stuff, but in the comics world, I think Batman did it first and foremost, which is super neat. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of, I feel like I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but to, uh, bring it back in, I know you mentioned, um, Kevin Conroy, um, and the 89 Batman. Do you have a specific Batman actor that, like, you prefer in the role or any thoughts on that
1: yeah so i knew this question was going to come up because i know i asked you about (laughs) was i asked you about superman um the uh the interesting thing about batman is when i look at the actors like man it's such a hard question so sorry (laughs) no it's such a hard question because you know yeah adam west was my first the bright knight if you will um the then you have michael (laughs) keaton who like at the as a kid, he like really defined what I thought Batman, like he defined Batman in a way that I didn't think he could be. It's like when you, when they said they were going to make Batman dark and you're just like, yeah, okay, they're going to make Batman dark. And then you see it for the first time. You're just like, oh my God, that's what you meant. This is what Batman could be. And then you saw it in the comic books too. Like when you took a deeper dive, you're like, wow, it really is that. Like they literally just took source material seriously for the first time. You know, we joke about how you can't get to Avengers Endgame without Batman 89, but you can't get to Avengers Endgame without Batman 89. Um, the What's interesting, though, is Michael Keaton was kind of like, he, he kind of defined a certain era of what Batman yeah. is. So even when you moved into, like, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, the, when they started to lighten up the movies, Michael Keaton was still, like, the best Batman. Um, and I still think to this day he's one of the best. Um, when I look at the Christian Bale Batman's, he, Christian Bale and the Christopher Nolan, the Dark Knight trilogy, that is the most realistic Batman has ever been taken in a very earnest, serious, realistic sense. And that's the most realistic Batman I think we're ever going to get. Yeah. H- however, I also think that Ben Affleck's performance was amazing. And I know a lot of people like hum and ha about it, but... it's like Christian Bale was the most realistic we're going to get and Ben Affleck is the most comic book accurate we've gotten.
0: I absolutely agree with that because I think it's like it's just two different approaches to the same character where like Christian Bale they were going for realism at least maybe it might be like a somewhat hyper realism but it's still realism and Ben Afflecks Batman and in fact like the whole like DC Snyder movie verse, whatever you want to call it, I feel like that's aiming to be larger than life as opposed yeah. to realistic. It's and so it's just really two different approaches.
1: Right, it is. And but in the sense of like there's certain scenes in the in the Batfleck performance that are very that is straight from the comic book type sequences and exactly. you didn't get you didn't get that from the other performances like you're like this is like it's like affleck looked at the page and went that's how i have to play it and went <laughs> off <locked, locked laughs> well to the and camera. the uh
0: there's like the choreography was so much out of the comic especially the uh, warehouse battle like that fight scene everybody everybody points to it but it's just so perfect it's like It looks so much like the fight scenes you see in a Batman comic, and you'd never think you'd see it brought to life like that. So that was just
1: so awesome. I know, and it puts puts almost every Batman fight scene to shame, in my personal opinion. But at the end of the day, you asked me about Kevin Conroy. You brought him up. So in terms of my favorite live-action actor, it's between Affleck, Christian Bale, and Michael Keaton. Honestly, I don't know which one tops the other one because they're – it's like they were the destined to be the Batman that they needed to be for the time. However, if I'm reading a Batman comic, um, it's Kevin Conroy's voice I hear all the time. Like it's his voice I hear when the lines are being delivered, period.
0: Right. And, and at, I, I think there's a lot of people on the same page with you there. And at
1: sure. the and at the end of the day, um, it's comic books first. So technically, if you think about it the way I'm putting it, it's Kevin Conroy's my Batman. So
0: awesome. Okay. Yeah. That actually answers my, that's, that's definitely a really good answer to the question. Um, extending it since you mentioned comics, um, is there any like favorite, cause we just talked about all the movies and stuff, but is there a favorite, like i guess more just like image of batman like do you prefer one of the movie costumes or maybe one of oh. the comic versions or well, animated series in Are terms of thoughts on
1: that in terms of the movie costumes it's going to come down again to keaton bale and affleck having in my opinion the best of the costumes but they were costumes for specific eras um yeah. michael, michael keaton's costume i'll always love but it's a kind of more m- a nostalgic look um Bale's costume, again, being realistic and explaining why everything is, why he has the cape, why it's the body armor, like where the body armor can stop a bullet, and take a knife, but when he adjusted to have the flexibility in the suit, it was going to cut down on some of that. When they explained all that, and you're like, oh, you want to turn your head? Okay, well, we got to do this with the cowl. You know, and watching him put the radio antennas in the ears so he can, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but again, you look at Ben Affleck's costume, and it's... From the comic book yeah it's like absolutely. they went hey we're gonna do the gym it's like we're gonna do the Jim Lee art style of the bat suit with a little bit of Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns with the fat bat on the chest and kind of adjust and here we go you know
0: yeah so. absolutely I actually really like the Ben Affleck suit I actually feel like it's that suit's still a little bit too padded for how what I would want to see which is kind of funny to say but Affleck like, suit? I really like yeah, because Affleck's, like, you, it is so close to the comic, but it's still not that sort of just, like, bare-bones um, gray and black spandex, kind of, like, you know, because Batman's a ninja. Like, he's trained in so many martial arts, and, like, I kind of always liked the concept of, like, he doesn't need a lot of armor and padding, and I kind of, like, obviously they're not going to do that in a major Hollywood movie. Like, they put so much work into the suits, but... um, I really like like uh, you probably remember that fan film uh, Batman Dead End how you had the uh, yeah the the suit from that uh, <laughs> fan film like I love just because it is that bare bones like just gray spandex with the black cape and it's just kind of like this is all he needs because he's that badass <laughs> sort of thing right like I always enjoyed that concept I guess so my movie favorite's probably Ben Affleck's I'm not sure which one's your movie favorite. I think you're kind of undecided at that.
1: At I'm, this point. I'm really undecided because, you know, like for example, I was falling asleep last night and dark Knight rises was on and I just flipped it on and I was like, God, this movie's good it's I was having trouble sleeping cause I wanted to pay attention to the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. um, the, uh, I think it's funny that you brought up the, um, Batman Ninja. I pulled this aside. I found this, uh, online the other day and I was like, Ooh, I got to save this for the show. Um, it's just some stats about batman um he knows 127 martial arts styles uh 23 plus languages he has an iq level of 192 he can deadlift 600 to a thousand pounds he micro sleeps he has gone up to 80 hours without sleep and he's worth seven billion (laughs) dollars nice (laughs) Um, that's I just, funny. <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. And then I'm going to throw out another one for you that I thought was interesting. Cause I found this along with it. Uh, the green lantern Corps, they protect the entire universe. Okay. Um, except for Gotham, Batman protects Gotham. So they need his permission to enter the city. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, I love that. And I that's, that's, those, those are straight, so cool. those are
1: straight for, from the comics, but I just thought it was awesome.
0: So yeah, for sure. Um, since, uh, not to, too much all over the place, but since we've been talking a lot about the uh, Christian Bale Batsuit and everything, uh, one thing that we haven't touched on yet is, um, one of the things that I hear a lot of people really like about Batman is the fact, the idea that anyone can be Batman, like, if you had, like, the budget and the training, like, any, like, mortal man could be that character, as opposed to you know, somebody who got bit by a radioactive spider or, you know, is an alien from another world. Like Batman seems the idea of becoming Batman seems just so accessible to people. And I think people really, really are attracted to that idea. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Or is that something that drew you, drew you him to, drew you to him as well?
1: (laughs) You know, the idea that anyone could be Batman is not something I, um, It's not, (laughs) no, it's not something I really like thought about until it came up in the Dark Knight trilogy. Um, and when I say thought about it, like I just didn't like, it just didn't cross my mind. Like, oh yeah, of course anyone can be Batman. That's the whole point. (laughs) Um, you know, so yeah, I'm not, I never, I, yeah, I just never really thought about it. Unfortunately until then and not so like in terms of drawing me to the character. No, not at all. Okay. I didn't know if it was like even in that
0: sense, if it was something where it did draw you to the character, you just didn't realize it until you heard it sort of a
1: thing. or Right. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um,
0: let's see. I've kind of got a couple of random questions that I threw together. Um, I guess I'll throw them out really quick. Is Do you have a favorite villain as far as Batman goes?
1: Uh, I'm going to have to give you... I, like, I
0: know it's very hard to narrow down since his rogues gallery is so, like, good, I guess, but...
1: Um, the uh, So, Batman's probably got one of the most iconic of all the rogues galleries. Um, I, know someone, I heard someone say that Spider-Man has the better rogues gallery than Batman, and not that I don't like Spider-Man's villains, but I kind of disagree in terms of their fame and notoriety. Um, I
0: I disagree too. I think Spider-Man might be in second place, but I agree with you. Batman does have the most iconic, most well-known, like his villain, his rogue gallery is just so up there. When when you
1: say Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman, like when you start listing them off the the random person who's not into comic books and this and stuff like that is going to know what you're talking about and when you're listening off Spider-Man's villains you're like well the lizard and the hobgoblin and you know what I mean eventually people are like what you know
0: yeah and you- i feel like batman's rogue gallery is something you could go like any like to any country in the world and people would be familiar with it like i feel like right. it's that well and in
1: all seriousness not to knock s- and not to knock spider-man's rogues gallery i'm just throwing that out there saying i just think batman has the more iconic villains in yeah comparison. Absolutely. Um, and just and how about this in terms of name recognition alone um mm-hmm. my favorite batman villains obviously the joker uh the riddler is one for sure um, and then Bane, um, and Bane really, for for some reason, Bane will always, like, be up there for me, um, and I think that comes down to the fact that when they did the original, when they did the Nightfall story arc, I loved it, and I know, like, yeah. there were some fans out there that didn't, but I just thought it was a really cool thing to do, so, and I really, like, enjoyed how they handled that and everything, so.
0: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like all three of those choices.
1: And because if you're, or- sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. If you want to watch that, if you, if you don't want to read the night, if you, it's all seriousness, read the nightfall story arc. It's amazing. They told about half of it in the dark Knight rises. So, or at least, a uh, uh, edited section of it. So,
0: yeah, but it's also just got that really good, like nineties comics aesthetic that I personally really love. So yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, Oh, I did want to uh, mention, though, I think your choices for favorite, like top three favorite villains, I actually really like those choices because a good story with any of those three characters you mentioned is a uh, battle of wits between Batman and these other villains who are very, um, either just really intelligent or just really tactical. Like, I'm not sure what the actual, like, uh, IQ level of uh, the Joker is, but he's definitely really tactical in the way that he attacks uh, Batman from more of a, um, you know, using like more your brains than brawn sort of concept. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally, uh, I totally agree with that statement. And that's one of the things I think that drew me to Bane was because he could match wits with Batman on an intellectual level, and then when you put him on a, on a physical level, he could, where, like, in all seriousness, the the Riddler is, like, not a physical specimen that's going to take on the Batman.
0: Yeah. So. But still lends to stories with great mysteries and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on, like, uh, just because I'm really curious, do you have a favorite comic book artist or writer for Batman?
1: Um, hmm.
0: And this is just the comic book and geek, geek and me like really is just curious. Um, you can name a couple if you, if it's hard to name. No, it my,
1: two, one, my two my two favorite know? my two favorite iterations of Batman in terms of the artwork is uh, Jim Lee. I think draws him the best. Um, I think he's probably my favorite of the. Um, I think he's my favorite in that grouping, but then you have. Uh, michael turner's the way he draws batman as well the big thing but michael turner does the long ears and jim lee always does the short ears (laughs) yeah um and i think i prefer the short ears in a general sense but um yeah i think jim lee is probably my favorite in terms of the artwork um yeah if that answers the question it's really
0: tough to argue with that like jim lee is an awesome artist and like he does do such a good batman and like like you said that grouping kind of like the like era of comics from the 90s to now like he's definitely one of the top artists from that era if not like the best batman one um mm-hmm. uh writer wise do you have any thoughts i know you've like I've, you're pretty well as as read man
1: i've read i feel also. like i've read almost like it's funny because I'll go to a comic book store and like I'm always looking for Batman first, and I always like, man, I've read everything. Every now and <laughs> then, I find, every now and then I find stuff I haven't read. Like I haven't read the um, Scott Snyder's run of Batman Eternal yet. That is like, that is like one of the next things I plan on reading. Um, but I think I really like. I love what Scott Snyder's doing with. Uh, Batman, or like what he has done with Batman, it's such amazing work with the Court of the Owls and um, all that stuff in the New Fifty Two. Uh, Batman Eternal, like I said, is on the on the docket for me to read next. But he, the way he handles Batman, it's almost like he, it's like he's going in trying to tell his version of the animated series in an even more darker way, and I think that's just how it feels when I read it um yeah and then uh jeff Loeb has a writes batman really really well and he and he did batman through the hush story arc all the way through um uh the world's fine the batman vs superman series for a little while so yeah yeah
0: His, uh, those are probably I, I my top
1: those are probably my top two
0: okay awesome yeah great choices i actually really like uh Jeff Loeb, and I don't want to take it off of Batman for too long, but I was reading he wrote a lot of the, when the uh, Red Hulk stuff was going on at Marvel, he wrote a lot of those books, and um, I was reading a lot of those at the time, and uh, I really noticed, because like you see Jeff Loeb write for, like, Jim Lee, or, like, you know, he writes for one artist for a long period of time, and you don't notice this as much, but when I was reading the Red Hulk stuff, I noticed the artists would change, like, from issue to issue sometimes, and I noticed he's a guy who really changes his writing style to suit the artist best, so he, like, plays up to the artist's strengths, so, like, oh sure. Uh, Like, at the time that was going on, like, Ed McGinnis was uh, drawing a lot of those issues, and a lot of the Ed McGinnis uh, comics in that series were very action-based, because Ed McGinnis has this big, cartoony, bombastic style. And then uh, maybe for an issue, there'd be somebody who would do, who had more of a realistic style, and I noticed Jeff Loeb would write more, like, a little bit more intellectual, like, dialogue-based stuff for the more realistic guy, and I just thought that was really cool How he, um, you know, crafted his writing with the artist in mind. Um, Sorry for that huge tangent. I know we're supposed to be talking about Batman.
1: (laughs) No, it's, dude, Uh, it's totally understandable because it's not, it's, let, let the, I have no problem letting the tangent lie. So, um, (laughs) absolutely. Let's, uh, how about this? Let's roll into the list so we don't go too long tonight because we still, we still have more Batman to talk about, but let's roll into the list. And this is, uh, my favorite, um, my five favorite moments so
0: absolutely I, we actually got all but all through all but one of my questions so oh i'll just have to save that well,
1: one you can, for another time if you if you think it's a quick answer then fire away I think if you it think is, it's gonna make me go on a big long uh, tangent then we can save it
0: <laughs> it should be pretty rapid fire uh my next question it's actually two parts but it's what was your favorite batman toy growing up and what oh. is your favorite batman toy now
1: okay um That's, that's kind of an easy question in a way. Um, so I have, so growing up, how about this? I have two, uh, all right, I got a couple things. So one, there was a, uh, Batcave Wayne Manor playset that I always, always wanted as a kid. Um, never got it, asked for it multiple Christmases, multiple birthdays, never got it, never got it. I found it in a garage sale when I was in college, got it for like five bucks. Awesome. Um, so that's kind of, like, a cherished thing. I let the kid play with it now. Um, I have this, like, uh, Batman nightlight that sits on my nightstand. It no longer works. It's one of those ones with the, un- it's, like, at a thousand hours on the bulb, but you can't actually, like, turn the bulb, like, the bulb's dead now. I can't replace it. So it literally, it's basically, like, a thin piece of glass that's just the bat symbol. So it's just this, like, glass bat symbol that just sits on my nightstand, and it just looks cool. Um, okay. Um. Yeah, and, I actually know what you're talking and about. And then, that... <laughs> um, and then I have two. When I was like five years old, maybe, uh, five, maybe six years old, I got a. I had a Batman birthday cake, and on the birthday cake there were three figures: a Batman, a Robin, and a Joker from the Batman the nineteen sixty six kind of like style. And there were just little <laughs> rubber figures that sat on the uh, that were on the cake, just f- for whatever. And I still have those to this day um and, awesome. I, and I basically have them like it's just any like no matter where I am they like go on a shelf somewhere so I I always have them looking at me so like I've just had those forever and they've just always gone with me wherever so yeah sweet
0: okay yeah great answer um and I guess we could move into the list from there
1: all right fantastic uh, it's time for the list so Ryan uh you know what to do man Now
0: for the
1: top five. Yeah, so I guess I got two honorable mentions, um, okay, nice. um, and then we'll roll into my five. So my first honorable mention <sighs> is, um, and I don't want to talk long on them. I'll talk long on the other ones, but my first honorable mention, and you'll probably be surprised by this, is um, it's from The Dark Knight. It's the Batman Joker interrogation scene. Okay, awesome. Um, it is such a Great one. Scene. Not only is it like filmed amazingly, but it's like acted amazingly. It's just oh my god! It gives me chills when I see it. It's a scene that we all dreamed of because you read about that stuff in the comic books, and then you get to see it like performed in real life. It's just it's just amazing. Um, yeah. Um,
0: Excellent. Yeah, that's a great. That's just an awesome scene.
1: <laughs> my my second favorite, my se- or my second honorable mention for the night is from Batman '89. It is the art museum sequence. Uh, not the sequence where the Joker enters and does his little dance. It's the it's the sequence where Batman crashes through the skylight, rescues Vissi Vale, swings across the um, swings across the uh, entryway to the art museum. They run outside and he says, "Get in the car." And that's the first time you see the Batmobile in the movie. Yeah. Which the Anton first designed batmobile screams batman i think more than any other batmobile that's ever existed they yeah. get in the vehicle into a full car chase with the batmobile into an alleyway into a fight scene to rest just to rescue vicky vale and it's this and if you weren't already into the movie by that point this is the scene that went oh my god this is what batman can be you know in the <laughs> in the realm of batmania because up to this point it was just adam west you know so. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that's an awesome pick. Um, just you saying that too, like I love thinking about like how <clears throat> tightly like scripted and uh, directed and everything that '89 Batman film is, and how um, you know people have talked. I think it's. I want to say Kyle Higgins was on like an old Fat Man on Batman episode and talking about how that film like fits like a classic three-act structure, like perfectly, like down to the minute. It it fits that structure. And going along with that, like, with this scene specifically, I think it's cool that they had it, like, storyboarded and planned so well that the first time you see uh, the Batmobile, it's going to have such a a punch from a narrative standpoint that it's going to really impact you while you're watching the movie. So, yeah, that's an awesome scene as well.
1: All right. So, ready for my actual five? Yeah. Okay. So, my first one I'm going to mention is... There's an episode from the Justice League animated series, and this is Justice League Unlimited. Um, in this episode, uh, Bruce, uh, Superman is dealing with a doomsday problem, as in the creature doomsday is fighting Superman, and because of doomsday, the government decides to hurl a nuclear weapon at doomsday and Superman, knowing that it's one casualty. Sound familiar? Kind of like Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> Absolutely. But, yes, that's clearly where they got the idea of doing that. So, anyway, Batman, knowing that because of the issue of the kryptonite, Superman's not going to survive it, decides to try and divert the missile. Cool. So, in the Batwing, he tries to divert the missile, and the missile explodes, taking out the Batwing. Batman survives it, but you see him, like, tied to a hospital bed, recovering Batman and Wonder Woman, Superman and Wonder Woman come to talk to Batman, um, and Superman tries to apologize, and I love this scene, Batman lifts his head, glares at Superman and says, I just took a bullet for you, don't you think you can apologize to me for this one? And it's just the most chilling, like, moment that you're just like, yeah, Superman, back the hell off, like, (laughs) you know? um
0: here here i thought it was leading to actually a touching moment (laughs) no
1: it was just it's such a cool scene and every time i see that episode i'm like god it's it just it just stuck with me how cool of a moment it was when like because it's such an amazing episode but then when you get to that point and you're just like what are they going to say to each other and batman's pissed and he's like i just took a bullet for you batman took a bullet for superman you know because he's like i took a bullet for you because the world needs you don't ever forget that kind of thing you know yeah um yeah, so that was my first actual pick. Sorry, that's awesome. Um, I know it's kind I, of. I, I, I feel like I it's like a little that. anti-Superman, but it's such an amazing scene. So,
0: no, I, I like that though, because uh, with like all the back and forths between Batman and Superman, there's so many like really cool moments like that where it's either one kind of has like a leg up on the other, and then there's also ones where they kind of like it's almost like a touching moment where it's just kind of like <clears throat> they show their mutual respect and like everything for each other. So it's kind of cool, like that back and forth that's, like, always going on in the DC universe, so...
1: I'm glad yeah, you, I'm I, glad you I'm said that, because eventually movie. I have another one of those moments. Um, <laughs> awesome. So, uh, my next pick for the night is the Batman vs. Superman warehouse fight scene, um, which we've already talked about in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh my god, like, I just... That's one of those things where, like, if Batman Superman's, like, on TNT, I'm hoping I'm turning it on in time for the warehouse fight. <laughs> nice, um, that's awesome. <laughs> it's, just, it's just an incredible fight scene. So, yeah. I will... I will move right on to my next pick. Um, so my third pick for the night is uh, the book *Hush*, the whole book. Um, <laughs> right. I, I know I can't pick the whole book, but that's probably my favorite story arc in its entirety for Batman. It's it's I just absolutely love it from beginning to end. The animated movie they altered something they altered the ending, and I get why they did it, but they really didn't have to. The it would have relaxed, it would have just lived on on its own. But the *Hush* story is astounding. There's a specific moment in the Hush story that actually is what I'm um, pointing to, and that's because you brought up the Superman-Batman relationship. There's a scene where Poison Ivy uses her plants to mind-control Superman to take out Batman. And uh, Batman and Catwoman are being chased by Superman. Batman stops, and Catwoman's like, What are you doing? We, We can't fight this. And he's like, Well, you know, Clark, he says, I think he... I don't remember if he says Clark he says Superman. I'm pretty sure he says Clark because he says um, he's, he's the best at what he does, not at what I do. And you see him put a kryptonite ring on his finger. Uh-huh. Superman bashes through the wall. Batman decks him. There's a couple more punches. And then Batman changes uh-huh. fingers to his other, the ring to his other hand saying, if I hit him one more time, it's going to break every bone in my hand. So he switches uh-huh. the ring to the other hand and continues the fight with the other punt, uh, arm. First off, that's astounding. But when the fight scene's over, you see Batman and Superman on a roof. Superman's now back to his normal self. They're on a rooftop looking out over the city, and Superman says to Batman, I knew I gave the ring to the right person. Nice. And you're just like, what? Because Superman knows (laughs) Batman, of all the heroes, will step up and do what's needed to be done to take out Superman. No one else would have attempted to fight Superman.
0: Yeah. So. There's a, um, There's also a really similar moment to that. I hope I'm not ruining a. You don't have anything from Justice League Doom on your list, do you? I do not. Okay, but you probably know the moment I'm talking about. I do, so go Um, ahead. Okay, so I don't know in the comics which story arc this is about, but the uh, animated movie uh, Justice League Doom is uh, where this takes place in. But it's the story where basically at the beginning... Every member of the Justice League gets real pissed off at Batman because they find out that he has plans to take out every single one of them if he needs to. Like if any of the members of the Justice League go evil, Batman has a plan to basically take them out. Yep. And everybody gets really pissed off because they're like, what, you don't trust us sort of thing? And uh, I don't remember if the kryptonite bullet was something Batman has or if it was something acquired throughout the story. Basically, the story ends with Superman actually giving Batman uh, this kryptonite bullet that played a big part of the story, and uh, basically showing, like, we trust you, like, we need you to be kind of this fail-safe, and it's kind of this a very similar moment, but it's a really cool moment. Um, I almost, like, wish they could have worked that into the new uh, EU movies somehow, but like, I, I almost, like before Batman v Superman came out, I was like, what if that movie or Justice League ended with that moment? Like, that could be really powerful. But, yeah, that's another kind of one in, that's in a similar vein to the scenario you just pointed out.
1: Yeah, you never know, though, dude. It could happen. Um, <laughs> True. Um, all right, so my second-to-last pick of the night... Um, is from the Supergirl story arc from the Batman uh, Batman Superman World's Finest that Jeff Loeb uh, did with um, Michael Turner. Um, in this specific moment, um, to, Supergirl is like being controlled by Darkseid. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Big Barda um, traveled to Apocalypse to rescue Supergirl back. And Superman is dealing with the Supergirl problem. Wonder Woman and Big Barda are dealing with Darkseid's forces. And Batman is nowhere to be seen. And Darkseid is, you know, dealing with the battle, but then Batman appears... And Darkseid grabs him by the throat and shoves him through a rock wall, and Batman's just, like, hanging there, like, about to die. Darkseid's got him dead to rights, and Batman says, if you kill me, this planet's destroyed. And Darkseid says, what? And he goes, I have the entire planet rigged to blow, and it all depends on me living or dying. (laughs) And, And Darkseid... Pauses for this briefest moment, and drops Batman to the floor, and he says, "That's why you impress me, human. The Kryptonian and the Amazon wouldn't have, don't have the guts to to threaten their own life to save everybody." And it's that moment yeah. of respect the Darkseid's like, you know, you impress me, human, and this is, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just such, it's one of those chilling moments. You're like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, I mean. You describing the scene, like, sounds so awesome, but anything cool I could have said about it, Darkseid just said for me, so... <laughs>
1: I know, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that people forget, is that Batman's ultimate superpower... Like, you you talk all the time about Batman not having superpowers, and he can't be Superman, he's not Wonder Woman, that kind of thing. Batman's superpower is that he never gives up. Period. That, that's how it's got to be looked at, so... um Nice. Yeah, okay, so my final pick of the evening is from Batman the Animated Series, and I've talked about this scene before, we talked about it at Christmas, we talked about it the Christmas before that, it's the scene at the end of the uh, episode Holiday Nights, where it's New Year's Eve, and Chris, Commissioner Gordon walks into a diner, and he sits down and orders a cup of coffee, and the, um, the guy who runs the diner kicks everyone out, and once everyone's out, Batman sits down and joins Commissioner Gordon, and they... the the owner of the diner brings over two cups of coffee and sets them down. And the commissioner says to Batman, "He's like, well, to another year. Hope we can do it again next year." And Batman mm-hmm. says, "Me too." And then Batman disappears. Um, it's just this touching, touching moment of two warrior, uh, two guys, and their war on crime. Hope we can do it again next year, in like mutual respect for the two of each other. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. it's, it's probably one of the longest friendships in terms of comic books and it no matter what goes on between them they sit down at the end of the year and they're just like we got to have our cup of coffee so <laughs> perfect yeah
0: it's cool what's cool about that moment too is it shows how i don't know all these movies and shows and everything are like so action-packed but it's sometimes like just the quietest moments that stick with us the most and uh this this moment that you just mentioned definitely goes to show that like not everything has to be full throttle. Like sometimes that those quiet moments where you get to just be in the world with uh, these characters you love can mean more than like all the craziest action scenes ever, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, how about we bring this episode to a close and call it a night? You good?
0: Yeah, sounds good. All
1: right, because I, I could talk about Batman for many more <laughs> hours, but um, and I'm sure you and I would have more tangents to go on. But this is kind of a little bonus freebie episode for everybody in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So um, with that being said, we'll do a, we'll talk about Batman and Superman more as we move on. We have a whole movie coming, so we'll I'll, I'll have more Batman stuff to say when we finally oh, get to see yeah. uh, when we finally get to see uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman um, <laughs> or Pat if you will. Um, and then you
0: have to change all your favorite uh, costumes and actors I know. and it's everything. A, man, it's just
1: all the time. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, so if you'll check our, uh, if you check out, out at our website, topfireport.com, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, topfireport at gmail.com. If you want to interact with the show, hit us up there or our social media. Uh, We are on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us. And if you do, you won't miss a single episode. You will also uh, be able to leave us a review, which we understand. We appreciate the five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter?
0: Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be promoting my shark-repellent Kickstarter.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, um, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Drew. And uh, have a good night, everyone.